So thank you everyone for joining us today at the Release to Reawaken Summit. So I'm Rachel Sims, I'm your host through this beautiful week of wonderful conversations. And I'm here today with Lindsay from Rad Radiance. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. It's such a blessing. So you guys know a little bit about Lindsay. She is a spiritual teacher and guide that encompasses energy healing, astrology, and human design. She's also a psychic intuitive medium and channels many different energies as a divine communicator for the guidance of the collective. So what better time to connect with you than now? Right? <laughs> At a time, you know, when we, we decided to put the summit together, of course, we're all feeling the shifts of the earth and the universe. Oh, yeah. As microcosms of the macrocosm, we are all feeling it within ourselves. And so knowing that we will never return back to the way that things truly were um, before all of this happened, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people are feeling that call for something deeper, mm -hmm. really asking themselves the deeper questions. Who am I? What am I doing here? What am I meant to do? What am I what do I truly want in this life? And, um, you know, there have been, there are some who are with us today who have been on this journey for their whole life, right? Searching for those deeper, deeper answers. Um, and there are some given this collective energy and the circumstances of the world right now who are just tapping into that. So truly looking deeper within themselves and, looking to tap into that, that power, that inner power. Um, and so Lindsay, what I want to open up our conversation with, as we've been doing with all the speakers, is asking what inner power means to you, what personal power means to you. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful question. And I think, um, you know, power can mean so many different things to a wide variety of people. But for me, what inner power you know, truly being in my power is, is really truly being in my worth, recognizing my worth, recognizing my gifts, recognizing my abilities and being sort of the first person to stand up for myself. Um, you know, we live in a world where there's so much external influence and there's so many things weighing on external factors and I think really being in your own personal power is really being able to kind of shut all of that out and really rely on yourself and really be the first person to acknowledge you know what you've been through what you're going through and to really be your own cheerleader essentially to really harness you know your highest abilities and your higher self and it you know, we all make mistakes, but I think it's being that first person to be like, okay, I learned from this. How can I take this experience and grow from this? That really evolves somebody into their own personal self and own personal power. And I think that really comes from owning who you authentically are a hundred percent. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, we were a society where a world who really is influenced by those, those outside factors. And yeah. it, it's hard because that's what we've known all along for a lot of us, right? We come into this world and that's just what we know. 
So it's yeah. hard to sort of see anything else. Um, and it's hard, but it's simple, right? It's that sort yeah. of paradox in it is, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of learning to turn inwards mm -hmm. and knowing that everything you need and all that guidance is, is right inside. So it's a hard thing because we, we haven't been taught about that for a lot of us, right? That's not everyone. Yeah. But, you know, it is, it's just a matter of being with yourself and, and knowing that you can lead a life of trueness and authenticity just from turning within. Totally. Yeah. I yeah. think that, um, you know, a lot of the times we look for our identity, we look for our purpose, we look for these big, um, you know, answers to these questions, like you've mentioned, we are, we're running around externally looking for them in other people and in relationships and, you know, through acquiring a certain number in our bank account or, you know, X, Y, and Z and a lot of materialistic things. And it's almost like, uh, we come into the world and a lot of the times, you know, we don't start out that way, but we kind of learn and are programmed. Who am I? Like, who am I really? And we kind of go on this journey of, of externally trying to find that. And I think, you know, when we really understand that who we are is not of actually the material world and who we are is actually of energy and of the soul. And we begin to sort of tune into our own energy and inward, like you say, to our own selves, you know, that's when, I mean, that's when I would say that we really begin living and we really begin sort of beginning to understand sort of who we are, beginning to own that power, beginning to find the power again, rediscovering it. And then also, you know, these questions that you've mentioned, these hard questions of finding our purpose and trying to navigate and finding why are we here? I think a lot of people, especially right now, are asking that question, you know, why am I here? <laughs> you know, why is this happening? Why am I here? Why am I here at this time? A lot of people, whether, you know, consciously aware of it or not, they know when they sense something's happening, you know, to be alive during a pandemic is kind of is kind of a big thing that not many people expected to be able to witness in their life and so I think now more than ever people are looking for those answers and I think we've been taught to look externally so much but when we really understand that we are not actually found or of the material world we're not actually even of earth on more of a you know, farther out standpoint, and we began to really tune into that energy, you know, the spirit and the soul, I think that's when we began to, you know, like you say, really begin to put these pieces together. And that's when that journey really begins for people. And that's kind of the opening of Pandora's box for a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the, the one thing I do want to mention, too, because I think um, there are some people who have like I felt this myself where I thought, oh my God, you know, I'm sort of just coming to this the past few years. Does that mean my life before this was all just a lie? Like I yeah. thought I was like, oh my God, have I just been living a lie? Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about, you know, those who are just starting the journey, of course our whole life is the journey. That's, yes, that's totally. Um, you know, everything we've gone through up until the moment where we start to look deeper yeah. in still part of it. It's mm -hmm. just this, this is just another 
another part of the journey. It's, it's this, a new chapter, really, of, of sort of looking within. Um, and so I think any, any part of your journey, it's not lost, right? It's not that you've um, lost anything or were never truly yourself. Because I think at all stages of our life, we are truly ourselves at that time. Yeah, in that moment. Right, because that's all we've known. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's a different thing, right, once you start asking those deeper questions. And I think one thing for you that I've been so inspired by um, is, I don't remember, I think it was about a month ago where you, you said you had a few days where you really sort of distanced yourself from everything. Yep. <laughs> you had this sort of... Um, I don't, I don't even know what you would call it, but you really had an identity sort of shift, right? Where, um, I don't know if you would call it an identity shift, but, but you sort of let go of everything you knew about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you had a really beautiful post about it where you said, um, you didn't know who that new self was going to be. That was merge. So could you tell us a little bit about that and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, so uh, that's one of many experiences that I've had. I think we are kind of given tasks in this life and kind of like you say, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you realize it or not, there's something deeper going on, even if you're not cognitively aware of it. And it all in your sort of life. You know, whether you're living and you're not awakening to all of the spiritual stuff and things are just happening to you or you think they're just happening to you, it all serves a purpose. And so, um, yeah, I've gone through a lot of death and kind of rebirth situations in my life. It's been a major uh, theme (laughs) and kind of how I ended up here. Um, I mean, through... Uh, certain chaotic situations as a child through illness, chronic illness, through terminal illness, um, and somehow kind of realizing that I had control then over my reality. And now they've kind of taken less of a physical form and more of a metaphysical or a like egoic sort of form. And so with that, um, I have had a lot of, you know, ego deaths or, you know, um, this loss of identity of the self of what I've attached to be as me. And in this situation, I hadn't had something that profound in a very long time. And it was, um, you know, it came with the full moon in Libra and I'm a Libra. (laughs) So of course, And what ended up happening was uh, really, it was a really unique and crazy experience. And I, it started from a very personal standpoint, a lot of this repression of my voice, not really speaking my truth, but speaking to what other people wanted to hear or catering because I didn't want it to be too out there or like too simplistic, but somehow trying to, you know, formulate, I think, especially on social platforms and social media, when you have a character limit and all of these things that really repress and constrain who we are. And so 
I just had this huge release of like really realizing that my voice needs to be for me and that I need to allow my voice to be authentically coming from myself. And a lot of the times I'm a very empathic and I feel kind of everyone's energies kind of doing what I do. And so kind of from my own personal experience, it kind of tipped off this huge collective release for me where I was feeling this repression of the voice, especially so much now with everything going on for the entire sort of collective of no one really being able to feel comfortable speaking their truth, always trying to cater to who they're talking to or social media with social media being kind of this platform and, and thing that we all sort of aspire to connect with others with and stuff. And it's like, I had this massive sort of, you know, release dealing with the throat chakra or your voice, just really liberating the voice. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was crying and laughing at the same time. It was super healing and super fun and playful at the same time. But then something super interesting happened. Um, and maybe we'll have to go back and clarify some things here. But I had been sort of called to do uh, like plant medicine, like ayahuasca for about three years. And I'm somebody who really, really prides myself on being sober with my experience because that's kind of where I've been led and not using any outside sort of energies or factors and really going through things in my own sober state. So I kind of was not really open to that idea at the time. And, um, so, and then it kind of became this trendy popular thing. And I was just kind of like, no, but so that same night that I'm having this throat chakra release, after I have this massive throat chakra release from like a conscious standpoint, I, it's about like one in the morning, this, this release went on for like hours and purging, just crying, just mess. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed. And I went to go to bed and I hear, uh, you know, a voice, which is not out of the ordinary for me, kind of energies coming in and speaking. Um, but this was different. And it was like when the uh, medicine calls you and you don't come to the medicine, the medicine will come to you. And then I immediately entered into what I have heard, <laughs> what I've seen others sort of speak about their experience with ayahuasca. And um, which when you're sober is a really, really uh challenging thing I think for your mind because you're having these very mind-altering effects and very um, sort of you know blasting through what you've thought to be yourself and what you've thought of as the world and what was possible because you're sitting there saying I didn't ingest anything <laughs> you know I didn't take anything but yet I'm having this effect and so I kind of went into that and then the energy of, of ayahuasca, uh, she's a feminine energy kind of came through and was like, this is what's happening. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And I proceeded to have that process happen to me over 48 hours. Wow. And so it was 
really intense and very difficult. Uh, I would probably say more so than actually going to like an ayahuasca ceremony and doing the ayahuasca because I think your mind is like, oh, I'm taking something to give these effects and to have me sort of come out of my perception of what I've known even more so and expand my consciousness even more so. And so you're expecting that. But when you're having sort of an experience like this where it just sort of sprung upon you and you're sober and it's just a continual process for 48 hours. I mean, even in my spiritual wisdom and knowledge and everything, I was like, am I going crazy? You know, <laughs> what's happening? Like, am I, am I dying? Am I not dying? And um, so through that transformation and sort of experience, I was basically asked to let go of my complete humanness, my complete human identity. And I had a very transcendent sort of uh, very spiritual experience where I kind of came out of my body and kind of went to the different planes of existence and um, was communicating with, you know, a lot of uh, angels and guides and interplanetary forces and things, which I had been doing before, but nothing to that extreme. And so it would really, really force me to completely let go of who I was in a body, uh, like as a human. And when I kind of came out of the experience, it was literally by being reborn as, you know, a physical form. But, you know, I think when we're born as babies, we have people there kind of tending to us and teaching us how to walk and do things again and sort of find our path again. And being, you know, a grown adult and going through a process like that intense was very uh, confusing and disorienting. And um, yeah, it was just kind of like me having to parent my own self in a way and like my higher self um, having to kind of come in and kind of relearn what it is to really be this, 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 this human and to, um, to really detach from what I thought I was. And I definitely found myself like questioning, well, why isn't this happening? Or why am I not interested in this anymore? Or why am I not interested in this anymore? Because I had defined part of who I was in those activities or interests or things and I had a lot of resistance towards what I was experiencing, even me, um, kind of having, you know, all these different experiences with spirituality and death and rebirth and the physical form and with my health and all of these experiences, even I was still kind of resistant because it was completely, um, you know, out of the box of what I thought I was and who I was. And it was like, everything was just kind of stripped away for me to really just be. And I kind of discovered that, you know, when we're in a state of peace, when we're in a state of being like really totally being, I thought I had been there before, but up until this, I realized that I had it. And it's because have so much fear around peace, you know, of, of just having true authentic peace. Um, 
just having this really quiet stillness where our head isn't running, where we're not thinking about this, this, and this, where we're not worrying about this, this, and this, where we're not like trying to like, oh, I need to go do this, or oh, I want to do this, or we're not excited, or we're not feeling love or any of that, but we're really just being and existing and at peace. And I kind of realized that for the first time, that's kind of the state I was in and I was panicking. I was absolutely panicking because I was like, what's happening, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the just of the experience. And from there, I think that I'm still very much so building from that, um, kind of still getting my bearings and things. But I think, you know, that's on an extreme level, but I think that can kind of mirror what a lot of people go through when they kind of first step into the realm of spirituality is, you know, all of these things begin to fall away. People begin to fall away. Relationships no longer really feel the same hobbies, interests, activities. And you're kind of left wondering like in this void of like what's happening. And I think that's why a lot of people think that, you know, spirituality or having an awakening on a spiritual standpoint is something that is kind of difficult because you know unless you have groups like this like thank you because unless you have people supporting you and talking you through it to justify a lot of the times you can think and I've worked with so many people who are like am I going insane and I'm like no (laughs) for sure for sure and I think you know that's the thing and thank you for sharing all that it's it's, yeah yeah I'm so grateful for (laughs) that story but um I think, you know, there's a couple of things I want to touch on with what you mentioned, but I think that's a thing that can be really scary for some people and, and what, what's not um, encouraged and, and seen as sort of like a bad thing is when you do have those experiences where everything's released and you don't know who you are and, and mm-hmm. you know, these, these weird, you know, or what would be called weird, which are actually beautiful experiences, um, are out of the norm. And so people think you're crazy or Mm -hmm. people think you've lost it or you've had a psychotic break or, you know, and it's, um, it's something that in our society is seen as a bad thing. Um, and you know, you can be put in, you know, you know, (laughs) if you don't want to be. And, um, I think that's something that needs to be normalized a little bit more. I think the more that, um, this awakening is happening. It's, it's going to happen more and more. And I think that's why I'm so grateful that you brought that up because it's, it is part of the process, right. In that letting go. Yeah. Um, and I, I've experienced a lot of similar things the past six months myself. Yeah. <laughs> <Bless> Meditation. <you. laughs> it's, it's, there are times where I was like, I'm, I'm in hell. Like, I don't yeah. know happening you know I I lost all sense of who I was uh, about six months ago and had this other I I call it this other self sort of emerge and come in and my whole perception of the world shifted Mm -hmm. and I was like is this me is it not me did I allow some other like entity or energy to come in through me um, you know, and then all these other events happened after that mm-hmm. were, you know, pretty unusual for me, but 
there was also this sense of power that came through as well. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned the ayahuasca and how she comes to you. Cause I had the same thing for, for about two years. I've had, um, ayahuasca call to me yeah. and I, I just never felt it was right. Yeah. And all these experiences I've had in the past few months, um, you know, I have some friends who do do ayahuasca pretty regularly and I was like, I feel like I'm doing it, but yeah. I'm not actually ingesting the medicine. Totally. Um, and it's, it's such a, an interesting thing because of course, you know, the ceremonies are beautiful from, you know, the, the, what I've heard, you know, I haven't mm -hmm. been to one. They're very deep experiences. Um, but it's a different thing, like you said, because you're consciously aware you're taking it and you have people there supporting you and sort of um, encouraging you and telling you what's happening or mm -hmm. helping you to explain what's happening. Yeah. But I'm sure there's many of you who are viewing this who, you know, have had similar experiences and, and were alone and didn't really know what was happening or, um, you know, what was going on or who you were. It, it, can be really scary. It really and I, can. <laughs> and that's sort of the thing that's kind of been a theme through this week too, that that fear has come up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's so interesting what you said too about, it's almost like that fear came in more when you felt that peace. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not used to that. We're not used to just feeling totally at peace. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a whole other conversation, right? That, yeah, that's totally. That's a really, really deep thing, um, you know, and that comes into play with a lot of those layers that we put around ourselves and the programming that we've, we've been taught. Um, it's almost like sometimes I look back and I'm like, was I just playing a part? Like, did, I just felt like this robot, like moving through life, um, you know, not fully yeah. resting in the being. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of the times, you know, um, kind of, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that having sort of, because I guess technically ayahuasca would be sort of regarded to as like DMT, although it's not actually DMT as I've come to find out. It's actually just divine, um, the ayahuasca portion of it. But um, I didn't know that this was a thing, actually, until I experienced it. But, like, apparently a lot of people do, as you've experienced, have sober DMT experiences mm -hmm. in their spiritual evolution, which is, it's almost as if, like, if you need that experience, like, you're kind of you're handed it, which is great. But I'm kind of like, hmm, I wish I would have known this before. <laughs> Before I thought I was dying. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what these conversations are for, right? To connect. Yeah. You, like, did this happen to you? Did this happen to you? What is this? Exactly. But um, what I know about plant medicine, and I, I, you know, someone could correct me or tell me they have a different opinion. But what I believe is that the medicines that we take help us to connect to parts within us that are already there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. so to other conscious states. Um, yeah. States. Um, and so if you're, like you were saying, if, if you don't go to the plant, if you don't go to the plant medicine, she will come to you and yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
if you tap into that energy, mm -hmm. energy can flow anywhere. It, yeah. it, it's all around us. And it's, you know, that's why you can be across the world from someone you love and feel their love. Yeah, exactly. But it's just energy. Totally. Um, and I think that's sort of a beautiful thing. That's a really sort of beautiful thing to start to come to realize too. Yeah. Is this idea that we can have these experiences and we can go deeper within ourselves um, and awaken to some of these, these things within ourselves. So it's, it is a beautiful thing. It is. Um, yeah. So, so Lindsay, I'm curious to know how your sort of evolution to getting to where you are now. So, you know, you touched <laughs> on it briefly, but, yeah. um, you know, you, you have all these beautiful gifts of being able to channel and to um, tap into other conscious states and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's something that for some people, it, you know, they've had it all their life. For yeah. other people, they sort of awaken to it. So I'd be curious to, to hear a little bit about your story. And, you know. Yeah, so I think I've been on this journey since I was born. I mean, my birth was uh, a very interesting experience, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, as a small child, I was very in touch and in tune with energies, with, with spirits. I didn't exactly know, I don't think, because I didn't have anyone telling me exactly what was happening. But I mean, I was very, I, I, I just remember talking to people and having imaginary friends, but they were there. And um, and then I had an experience where I was still very um, my childhood was a little bit chaotic, a little bit traumatic. And so I would have these energies that would come through massively in these really intense periods of time. And I knew that I just wasn't alone. Like I just knew. I didn't understand what or who they were really, but I knew, um, like I knew there was angels around me, which is so strange, I think, as a child to just be able to identify like, oh, these are angels and they're protecting me. But I just kind of like knew. And um I, you know, was very fascinated and intrigued with dead people <laughs> and kind of death itself, um, which is kind of weird for, for a kid, but, um, but more of like in a light way. And so I kind of have always had this sort of curiosity and these gifts and things. But um, when I was super young, my, my, my parents actually... I uh, thought it'd be a great idea to sit me down and have me watch The Sixth Sense. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, whoop, that turned that right off. I mean, I was, I was freaking out. I was afraid yeah. for my life. Like, I was so afraid to, I like wouldn't sleep alone after that. It, oh, it no. nearly traumatized me. <laughs> and yeah, that's a scary so, yeah. one. Sure. Exactly. So I kind of disconnected from it a little bit. Um, you know, but in, when I'd be like in nature and things like that, a lot of the energies would come in through sort of play with me, which sounds kind of weird, but it would kind of play with me when I was younger. And I was just very in tune and in touch with, with energy itself. Um, and kind of through my path kind of always knew that there was something more going on. Uh, but it kind of disconnected from it for a while. And then kind of what really catapulted me in 
to sort of where I am now is it was almost like I really didn't have a choice. I think my soul kind of planned out like, Hey, no matter how far you go this way, like we're going to bring you back over here. Um, because my senior year of high school, I got really, really ill, um, could not eat or sort of maintain food lost like 30 to 40 pounds was in and out of the hospital. Um, like, just not well and not normal, not like not functioning normal. Um, and I kind of remember checking out, like I kind of remember just kind of leaving my body because I was just kind of like, you know, it's not, I, it wasn't, um, my soul was just like not able to inhabit it fully. And so I kind of checked out and I wasn't fully in my body for a period of time, it kind of came in and out. And then I kind of had this weird awakening during all of it where I was like, none of these medicines are working. The doctors don't know what's wrong with me. They can't figure it out. None of this stuff that I'm taking is doing anything. So I'm just kind of going to say, screw it. (laughs) And kind of just like, go live my life. And um, that lasted about a year, <laughs> um, which I got better. I got to a point where I was functional to some extent where I could like kind of pretend everything was okay. But like at the same time, I was still pretending everything was okay. Um, I developed like a bunch of food allergies weirdly. And so all of this weird stuff started happening. And then about a year later uh, to like a year and a half later, I finally was like, okay, I've had enough of this. Like I'm going to surrender go back to the doctor and like really try to like be present and figure out what's going on so that I can be healthy. And I went and ended up finding out that I had a chronic autoimmune pancreatitis, which is something that you don't normally have unless you are an alcoholic or a drug addict. (laughs) Um, So, and I was neither. So, um, you know, I did my fair share of like, exploring partying but not to an extreme where it would cause something like that and my gallbladder was functioning at zero percent had that taken out um went through that and then kind of at the same time this person that I was exceptionally close to um my best friend in the entire world um you know this this person that I could just call up at like three two four in the morning and like he would just talk me off of a ladder you know he was kind of my grounding cord with chaotic sort of essence in life and no matter kind of where we were in the world um we always kind of came back together he ended up passing away at the same period in time and um immediately after his death uh, my life changed. I mean, a hundred percent. And I know that our souls were kind of contracted to work together in that way. And I was kind of given this big major autocorrect in spiritual form. And I know that he was like a primary spirit guide working with me to kind of help get me back into place because I kind of was doing things that I was, shouldn't have been doing. (laughs) Um, and I was just like really disinterested in life. I like, didn't want to be here anymore. I was kind of just done. And, um, so kind of went through the motions of grief, but 
it wakened me back up to being able to connect with energies because I just remember driving in my car and looking next to me and freaking out because he would be sitting in my car with me or he would be talking to me or I would have these dreams where we were full on very vivid having a conversation and I was like this is crazy and then things started to slowly begin to reconnect for me uh, of back when I was a child when I would be able to communicate with these energies and things and he kind of along the way I reconnected with another person that we were both friends with that was you know, is still alive. And his parents had both passed away. And all of a sudden I was having both of his parents asking me to tell him X, Y, and Z and, you know, these things. And I was so nonchalant about it at the time. I was just kind of like, this is weird, but I just feel like your dad wants me to tell you this. Like your mom wants me to tell you this. And um, yeah, so it was kind of led on this goose chase back into where I am now and who I was supposed to really be at my truth and at my core through the death of, of this really close person to me, but also my own experience with my health. Um, and so that kind of trickled in. And then about, uh, I really became invested in sort of knowing that I needed to change, knowing that I needed to kind of cut away distractions and kind of just take what was being handed to me very seriously. And it kind of clicked for me where I was like, oh, okay, like I need to be doing this and pursuing this. And I let sort of relationships and friendships kind of go away. And I really uh, kind of went inward and went on this spiritual journey really of um, connecting with myself again, just trying to find love for myself. Uh, because that's definitely something that I had struggled with was being able to really love myself and um, kind of that led me into more and meanwhile at the same time my health was like better but it was still kind of uh, like kind of sort of back and forth and um, had really built up a communication with the other side with my guides, with my angels, with my masters, with my teachers, with my loved ones and faith and love and everything. And was really having sort of really crazy experiences um, where like lights would go out or things were like the spirits were very much, much with me all the time. And I felt very home and very safe in it rather than scared. Like a lot of people feel. And then all of a sudden I, this was probably, uh, 2018, I was still really unhappy with what I was doing in my life. I had uh, planned to go to law school and went, but then in this spiritual journey, trusted my intuition that it wasn't right, that I wouldn't be happy, but was still kind of working at a law firm that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> and so I was sitting there and I just remember being at work one day and all of a sudden my whole entire body was just like, it literally felt like my internal self was just ex like exploding. Yeah. And I was like, okay, something's seriously wrong. And I got in the car and I'm a super stubborn person, super independent. And I was like, don't call the ambulance. Like I'm driving myself. I drove myself there. Thank God nobody like, 
got hurt or anything because I was just like, I need to go and get there. And I remember being in my car outside the ER and I couldn't get out of my car. So, so much pain. And I was like yelling for help. I saw a security guard. I was like, please just, please get somebody. And um, I go in and they basically tell me, uh, you're an organ failure. And I was like, what? Or Excuse me? Is that what you said? Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, no, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, you are. Like, you're an organ failure. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, so I kind of got upset. But um, I was kind of at this point where it was like, I had to trust my faith more than I trusted what was going on physically. And I was like very in communion with my guides. And for some reason, a lot of people thought I was insane. I mean, my mom is a nurse and she thought I was insane. Um, and I wouldn't take anything pharmaceutical. I had stopped taking like birth control, everything like just was just really guided to just completely separate from Western medicine in totality. I was using a lot of like herbs and got super into herbs and, uh, sort of that kind of realm. And I was like, intuitively, I, I told the doctors and I told my mom and they all heard me. I had no shame. I was like, I kind of feel like this is just toxicity, like leaving my body. And this is just like a big burst of it. And I'm going to be fine. And they were like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is what I really feel. And it was like a big, huge test of like, okay, are, are you going to like believe what you feel inside of you? Or are you going to kind of go on the external? And so I remember, you know, obviously being super emotional, leaving the ER crying and just remember kind of sitting down and looking up at this guy um, like we often do and was just like you know what like I don't want this anymore I have hated myself and like wanted to like not be here for so long I just want to be here now like can we just get this over with and I then had a emergency procedure scheduled on my birthday and I remember going and I lost my insurance that day too and I was like I'm just surrendering, <laughs> whatever, something's going to happen. And I just really trusted. And I went in and I come out and I remember waking up and them telling me that I was a hundred percent fine, that I didn't have chronic pancreatitis anymore, that, um, I was totally fine and they were confused. And my, I had a ton of hospital bills, like ton of hospital bills from this because I lost my insurance. Um, they were all written off a hundred percent. And so it was kind of like this moment for me where I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you and I'll go wherever you want me to go. And from there I quit my job. I started doing what I'm doing now and my whole entire life just just kind of shifted. But I mean, that was a big, huge pivotal moment for me. I think there's so many different little things and components for like the next six months after that big moment. But, um, you know, where I was really asked to trust, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, 
you know, kind of the, the brief lead up to yeah. this big moment of, of just like, you know, and I think that's really what, you know, choosing the spiritual path is, is it's choosing yourself over and over again. It's kind of coming back to believing yourself and to listening to yourself and acknowledging what you feel and how you feel and what you believe is your truth rather than relying on the external sort of factors and having faith and trust in sort of a higher power. But even if you don't have, you know, there's a lot of people who are spiritual who don't necessarily have a connection or believe in spirit guides or God or source or any of this. And it's like, if you really see yourself as this higher power and consult with yourself, you know, there's literally, it's like huge openings can happen in your life. And I've, I mean, honestly, obviously seen it and sort of these weird impossible situations that seem so negative actually are these beautiful moments and gateways for us to really come back to our personal power. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I I wanted to close my eyes and just like feel your whole story because yeah, so much of what you said. Thank you for sharing all that. And, and yeah, no problem. <laughs> powerful story. A lot of death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's been my theme. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know for those of you who are sort of new to that idea, um, of course we have the physical death, right, where our bodies pass on, we go on to another realm or wherever you believe the afterlife is, but spiritually we go through these deaths and rebirths you know many times throughout our life yes Um, loss of identity loss of you know physically you could be going through um health issues and there could be a death and rebirth in in that sense as well um so it sounds Lindsay, like you had quite a bit of that um your your journey and exactly what I think is so beautiful through it, and, and I myself have gone through quite a bit of chronic illness for about yeah. years, and um, I think what is really resonating with everything you said is that self-love mm-hmm. and that yeah. idea of trust yourself over mm-hmm. anyone else. Mm-hmm. No matter if you love the person, like you said, your mom was a nurse. Yeah. You have to, <laughs> right? You, like, in yeah. order to to truly feel that power you need to trust mm-hmm. and it, it's not an easy thing right it's it's um if you have if you've really sort of disassociated from your true feelings and what you want and um putting yourself first right we're in a society where a lot of times we we look down on that yeah you know first is sort of a bad thing mm-hmm. um but the more you can return to that um, trust within and that love within, it, like you said, will just expand everything. It's yeah. just open you up. And um, earlier when you were, you were speaking about your story with the throat chakra opening, I t- had to take a sip of my, my, <laughs> my drink because I could feel that energy <laughs> moving in there. <laughs> And, it's yeah. coming back in for the collective too so <laughs> and I think the throat I'm so glad you mentioned that that has been something that a lot of us have suppressed yeah entirely too long and that spans past lives exactly know, yep yeah 
you know. Um, and so, you know, if you're someone who threw this, and I think it's really interesting too that um, they say Corona um, attacks the lungs um, because the lungs, you know, of course that that's what helps you speak, right? That's something that, yes. um, right? It helps to yes. power your speech, really. Yeah, it really um, does. Yeah. And when I was having my experience with this clearing with the throat, and even in my situation that I just talked about, it's like I had to use discernment and speak my truth over a doctor's truth, over my mom's truth, over what science says. But also when I was going through this massive rebirth just recently with the throat chakra, what I was like experiencing was we're all walking around in masks. It's literally the physical representation of like silencing your voice. And I was just like bawling. I was like, why are people doing this? Like, you know, like having to be um, convinced that you need to wear a mask and our voice being taken away from our own discernment of like being able to justify like, okay, am I going to listen to what the news, the newspapers, the, the doctors, et cetera, are going to tell me? Or am I going to trust what I feel? Because I think a lot of people right now, if they really tapped in and tuned into themselves, they would realize a lot of the fear, anxiety, and this sort of thing is actually coming from them not having their voice, losing their voice, and listening to an external source, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of lessons that are, that are coming up um, regarding all of this, you know, the past yeah. few months. So it's, it's for sure an intense time. And I think, um, you know, in terms of power, our voice is, is so powerful. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean having to speak it physically, right? That could be writing it out. It could yeah. be um, journaling, playing music, right? It doesn't necessarily mean just physically speaking. Yeah. Uh, and just in my own, my own personal journey, what I found recently that's really helped is you know, there have been times where I, I'm really sensitive, so I felt a lot of tensions and things that need to be released myself. But, you know, there are times I, I'm going to bed and I feel, um, I feel that tension. And so I say to myself, I'm taking command. Mm -hmm. I'm allowing myself to release this tension. I'm allowing myself to just be. And yeah. really sort of taking the authority mm -hmm. for yourself. Yeah. I felt such a shift and you know it's it it's day-to-day -day, right it's yeah. not no totally it's it's definitely a day-to-day -day thing I think uh you know kind of touching on that and I think what's so helpful in spiritual experiences and when people are kind of going through this and evolving through this is that a lot of the times people enter into this space and they expect immediate instantaneous results. But a lot of the times, as you've seen in my story, it gets a little bit worse before it gets better because you have to sort of let go of what everything you've learned, you know, uh, the programming of our mind has been so sort of externally oriented. And when we began to sort of affirm these things and use these things and, and sort of uh, command um, and affirm, kind of like you said, with your own self, a lot of the times it takes, it, it creates this clearing, you know, uh, a release of that toxic energy or a release of, 
uh, sort of the blockage and we have, you know, maybe a not so pleasant experience at first, you know, when we're first venturing and that to some people can be the make or break. And I think that, you know, affirming and having a routine or like being mindful of, you know, like you say, when I feel that, you know, whenever I feel that I affirm this, this, and this, regardless of, of how long I've been on this journey or how long I've not been on this journey, you know, you're, you're consciously repeating something to yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing is creating different habits and different ways to address what comes up rather than just trying it once or twice. And then thinking that you don't have control and really being able to take control with such powerful affirmations like that and continuing with it. You know, I think that's, really the key to to the longevity of the process because I think with you and I both you know you the process never really ends it's a journey you know you don't just go through one spiritual journey or one death and rebirth and then are like yeah that's it so so I think like maintaining those tools and to hear you say that you know whenever I feel this still like you still go through this I still go through this and being able to pick up and be mindful and being like, okay, I have a choice right now to direct this energy in the way that I desire it is crucial and so important in sort of maintaining that progression. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so glad you said that it's, it's, it is a practice, right? It's not that, you know, we live in a society too, where we want quick fixes. We want overnight Mm -hmm. success. We want things to happen right away, but the truth of the matter is, is it, it's a practice. Um, but the beautiful thing is, the more you do the practice and, you know, you can start seeing things shift right away. Yeah. I mean, your life is completely going to 180 and it, you know, everything's <laughs> it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies. But, um, you know, the shifts start to happen as soon as you start to put the, the practices into place. Um, and so it's, it's a journey. It's a journey and it's, yeah. it's a hard one at times, but it's a beautiful, beautiful one for, for a lot of it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Lindsay, we're coming to the, close to the end of our conversation. Yeah. There's still so much I want to ask. <laughs> we might have to do this another time. Yeah. Um, just in closing, just wanted to ask you if you have any, um, advice or guidance, you know, you've, you've given us so much beautiful advice and guidance already, but just any closing thoughts of those who are sort of struggling right now, um, maybe where they can begin or what, what's helped you, um, start at this time? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to be different for everybody, but I think kind of the sum of things, um, you know, everyone and anyone who's going through this, be proud of yourself. Be proud that you've taken these steps. You're not alone. Like you're absolutely not alone and it will pay off. Just keep going. I think that's honestly the best and simplest advice that I really have is just keep going. And you know, don't do it for, I think a lot of people nowadays get caught up in sort of uh, 
intending to step down this spiritual path, a lot of people are led to it through manifestation and like wanting to use the law of attraction and like wanting to bring in things. And if you're doing it for anyone other than yourself or because it's trendy or cool, it's going to be difficult. You know, it's not going to be something that is about you. And the process is about you connecting with you. It's about you evolving to your biggest sort of and highest standpoint as you know a human as a spirit as a soul this is about you and you know trusting that trusting yourself taking the space that you need if anyone doesn't understand what you're going through know that it's okay because there's a million and one other people out there who do understand what you're going through that you're not alone and i think that's the biggest thing that i can stress is that you're not alone. I mean, there's so many things with walking down and choosing to go down this path that I think make you feel so isolated and feel so stagnated and stuck and so disconnected. But in reality, you there's so many people going through that same emotion. And so really knowing that you're not alone and you're never actually alone and that if you really ask for help and assistance, you know, it's there. Maybe it's not appearing before your eyes, but it's there. And that there is, uh, you know, definitely a never ending journey, but the more you kind of go and the more you keep going, the more you begin to see sort of the patterns of the process and the more you begin to understand what's happening and the more clarity you have. And then, you know, it's, it's, it becomes worth it. And I think there's a lot of um, sacrifices that have to be made in some aspect, whether they're big or small, but it's, it's all worth it at the end of the day to be able to connect with your truth and with your, your true self. I think that's absolutely priceless. And, and I think that's, that's what I would have to say. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. cool advice. It's, it's very needed to hear, I think. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah. So, Lindsay, for those who would love to follow your work, can you let us know where they can find you? You know, Instagram or Facebook or. Yeah. Website. And I'll, I'll, of course, list um, it all underneath the video once it's posted so people know how to spell it. But what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah. So, I primarily uh, am on Instagram. It's going to be Linz, L-I-N-Z, Russ, R-U-S-S. And then I am at radradiance.com and I post blog posts on there all the time about the energy updates. I post a lot of energy updates and kind of give you a little clue as to what's coming in energetically on Instagram all the time and um, so that you know that you're not alone and that you're not going crazy. <laughs> And I, I have to attest to your energy updates are my favorite. Of oh, thank you. <laughs> that means so much. Really, they're so powerful. And I've been so grateful to, to find you, you know, to be yeah. able to connect. That's sort of the beauty of social media now, right? It is. It is. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. So thank you, Lindsay, for being here. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative for you and to be able to connect with you and to be able to share and that you've created this space for people because i think it's it's so needed yeah we're all we're all going through some shit right now so <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> we look 
we're all shifting and changing and right exactly so thank you and thank you to everyone who joined us today and we'll see you tomorrow for another speaker thanks guys